The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined me here on Spirit of Recovery. We've got some great guests and a very interesting topic, as always, and I'm uh, glad that you're listening, glad that you're emailing us, glad that you're posting on Facebook. It's great to hear from you. It's great to hear that Spirit of Recovery is making a difference in your life and in your recovery, and I appreciate hearing from you and how uh, it is touching you in your walk in recovery and uh, all that it's bringing to you. I want to thank you also for letting the people in your recovery community and the people in your unity community or other spiritual communities or just your friends and family members know about the Spirit of Recovery and that you're spreading the word so that we can, again, bring people to these great guests and these great topics that we have here on Unity Online Radio. And you know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Of course, you can listen through your computer. You can also uh, listen through your mobile listening device, and you can listen live. You can also listen to the archives 24-7. If you go to the www.unityonlineradio.org page, uh, slash program slash spirit of recovery and you'll find several years worth of archives there that are great so you can download those and listen anytime every week we talk about topics here on spirit of recovery that are important to the recovery community and our guests are always people that are down to earth knowledgeable and innovative people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And here at Spirit of Recovery, we're bringing you practical information that's also inspirational and lively discussions that get you thinking and opening up some new ideas, some new avenues um, in your own recovery. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you are a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, whether or not they or you are in recovery or you're just curious, just looking for information about the process of recovery, we're very glad that you're here with us and we welcome you and your participation here in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. 
Also, I'm a person that has in my circle of love and friendship people with the disease of addiction. And uh, almost 32 years ago now, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth, recovery, and spiritual development. And so my walk is an integration of the recovery principles, the unity principles that keeps me growing and keeps me deepening and keeps my life expanding in wonderful ways. So I am delighted to have the opportunity here to broadcast on Unity Online Radio through the Spirit of Recovery and to bring you wonderful guests. Today, our topic is Visions, a Powerful Play About Recovery. And I've got two guests with me today, Bob L. and Mike S. And um, Bob L., in 1991... We used the short breaks on his job and an automotive plant to start writing down images of addiction and recovery. These had just been running in his head, and Bob uh, took the time on his breaks at work to start writing them down. And I imagine that he had no idea that by this year, 2013, what turned into a play, Visions, became a 90-minute play with a volunteer cast and a staff. He had a shoestring budget, and he has reached 30,000 people with a message of hope and has won numerous awards um, for this play. Mike is a cast member in the play, and they're going to be sharing with us today how it is that they um, came to be, how Bob came to write this, how Mike came to participate in the play Visions, What's it like to use the creative arts to share the inspirational message of recovery and how this has touched people's lives and I'm sure many adventures that they've had along the way. So I want to welcome Bob and Mike to Spirit of Recovery today. We're glad that you're with us. Thank you, Ann. Thank you. So, Bob, tell us uh, your, the story in your words of how you started writing what became Visions. What what got into you? How did you how did you decide to start doing this? I had about uh, two years of recovery, and uh, I joined a little theater group, community theater group in town. And uh, I got my first part uh, wearing a, a hood over my face, and in a murder mystery, I had about a six second part where I murdered the girl and took her off. I invited all my friends and. about 40 and they said you were great (laughs) and uh, they had workshops at the little theater and people would bring in original works or works that they liked and they would present them and I said to myself well maybe I could write something about addiction and alcoholism uh, from my point of view from my family's point of view from work's point of view from society's point of view because what was obvious it wasn't just it was everybody involved. And um, I was working on assembly line in an auto plant where the uh, parts would come down the chutes, and I'd put them in this cage. It was shaped like a closet. And as the parts would come down, I would put them in the closet, and I would write a few lines. I never really wrote anything. I never did anything. And uh, But I had a few pages, and um, and again... Another failure, I couldn't do it. And in that cage, uh, I got on my knees and I asked God for help. As I had did in the, uh, when I hit my bottom from alcohol and drugs. And I had an awakening. 
something happened. I was able to finish uh, the short script. Oh, it wasn't that big. And I would go into the traffic department when nobody's looking, and I'd type it in one hand. And um, I had a, a script, and I called it Visions. I then uh, went back to the community theater, and they said to me, you can't do this. It's too raw. It's too real. It's not a cup of tea. I went to a couple community colleges. I was taking an acting course, and they said, you can't do this here. This is not for us. But I felt like it was inspired, and uh, I couldn't understand it, but it wound up in the hands of a 12-step program H&I, Hospital and Institutions Committee, that was going to do a convention at a local hotel six months down the road, and they said, this is wonderful. Can you do it? Well, yeah, I was excited, but I, I didn't know what to do. I never directed, produced. I didn't know any actors. I didn't know anything. All I knew is what was in the script. And uh, I went to a couple of churches, and they gave me space. Five churches gave me space in different areas. And I began to gather a cast from recovery rooms. I would go, you would be great for this part, you'd be great for that, you'd be great for this. And I began to rehearse a few here in this church and a few here in that. And, uh, you know, quiet lighting, built some screens myself. Um, there was no money. And uh, a day before the 12-step H&I convention, I took the 20-man woman troupe, because that's what it came out to, 20-man woman, and I took them to Integrity House, a long-term rehab center in Secaucus, New Jersey, where men and women were. And we performed two shows. And I remember the first show, a man as big as a house came up to me weeping, telling me all the hurts he had done to his children. And the women were hugging us. And the sec second show was the same reaction. And the next day when we did the H&I convention, that reaction was similar. And it has grown from its 20, 25-minute uh, production to a full 90-minute production. Your story is, a, is really a, a great testament to the recovery process itself. It's like you used the 11th step, the prayer and meditation. You, you used the first step. You surrendered. And uh, this wonderful uh, play got born, and it's been touching people's lives. Had you thought of, of, of this as the play is really a part of your own recovery? Well, some of the scenes had to do with my uh, my issues, my family's issues. But what I realized over the years, I didn't realize it then, is that every alcoholic and addict has their own unique story, but what connects us is the emotions, the denial, the anger, uh, the rage, the isolation. Uh, all those are things that we identify with. And this play had them all. And... Uh, but more importantly, the joy of recovery uh, that lifts our heads up. And that, had it, and that had it too. And that was the most important thing about the play itself. Um, Did but it I bring... also understood that it was a gift. I didn't, I made it right, wrote the words, but I, it was a gift to me. 
And because it was a gift, I wanted to keep it as a gift. We would not use last names. We would not accept payment. We would decline media coverage because it wasn't about us. It was about the message that we would deliver. And that has been ongoing for 21, almost 22 years now. How has it changed over the years, Bob? That's a a wonderful long uh, run for any production. And uh, again, your circumstances have have been challenging in in that sense, that you've done it on a shoestring budget, that you haven't had all those uh, outer things, all the money, the media, so forth, that we might expect in a more traditional kind of production. So how's it changed over time? Well, uh, being a mobile troupe is not an easy thing. Never having the same place to do the show uh, every night where you could polish it and experiment and, you know, with lighting and sound behind it. But um, it grew uh, slowly, very slowly. Um, a few few scenes were added in a couple of years. What worked didn't work. And it, 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 took, it took 20 years to get another 40 minutes, 50 minutes. So uh, I don't know. We, we added more scenes. We expanded on some of the characters. We added some new scenes. But the premise of Visions, the entire show, is bottoms. There is no warming up to anything. There's no 20 minutes to get to an issue. There is 20 scenarios of people hitting bottoms from work, family, um, youth at risk, HIV issues, homeless issues, domestic violence issues. There are 20 scenarios of people hitting bottoms and having a spiritual awakening and coming into a 12-step room. That is the premise of visions. And uh, most make it, some don't, uh, because it's real. But um, that is a premise. And um, I don't know, uh, it is more a little bit more polished now. But it is still raw, and over 400 people have been in visions. 400. Wow. And How, uh-huh. most of these have not had acting experience. But what they've had is experience, and they bring it out. And more importantly, they bring out recovery. Because when this show is over, they're out in the audiences, hugging their brothers and sisters, because it's shown mostly in the rehabs, treatment centers, shelters, prisons, youth houses, and that's our fans and, and you know, churches, and, and that's our fan base, although we do community shows every so often. What's the difference that you see in, uh, when you give the Visions play for audiences that are in uh, a rehab or something like that than a uh, as opposed to an audience that might just be a general community audience, as you said, maybe you do that a few times. How do they Anna, react differently? Anna, that's such a great point. Um, we've done a couple of colleges, um, teachers, open community shows, and so forth. The people uh, in the audiences, our recovering community, they love us as we love them. And we are witnessing in those audiences time and time again people weeping. And they're not weeping in despair. They're weeping in gratitude. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, the, the, a general audience, we still are having people come up to us 
emotionally moved because there are few families that do not have addiction in their background. If it's not their daughters, their husbands, their wives. I'll tell you a story. We, we, We had to do... 450 teachers for the Catholic Archdiocese in New York City. We did a show. And during one of the scenes where the, the man is robbing the, the, the wife's purse to, get, to go out and get high in the early part of the show, one of the teachers ran down the aisle. I, it almost stopped the show, crying hysterically. And later when we found out after the performance that this was happening in her own home, and she finally opened up. That is a healing. Um, we did a show recently in Fort Worth, and people came up to me about their children that weren't addicted, and they were weeping, and I wept. So uh, it's still a very, very powerful production. Um, It's like you move people when you when you portray these scenes, you move people out of that denial. It's so it is so hard when there's addiction in your life or in your family or somewhere you know close to you. It's hard. Sometimes it's just hard to see it. You don't you don't know what it is, um, and then emotionally it's difficult to accept it, even if you can perceive it. You know even with your mind, how do you think this does help get people out of that denial place when they're ready? I mean, you know, you don't rip, rip people's uh, defenses Anna, off. There, but... is, it's, there is so many uh, things in, in uh, addiction recovery, but visions is like a window opening, a shade opening on a window where people have the opportunity to look inside and perhaps they see something. They see something without speeches and without um, taking a test or without um, they, they have a connection. And, and this connection is done in silence. And in this great silence, I am sure God works through it as he works through the cast. It's not us doing it. For what, you know, if I didn't have something great behind visions, I would have went on with my life and did a lot of other things. But it still continues to work, and I will continue to do visions. But there is something great using the medium of theater and the cast to do outreach, 12-step work to our audiences. That's powerful. Hang on to that. It's time for our break. Uh, Listeners, stay with us. We're going to be back and have some more uh, interesting conversation here with my guest, Bob L., and my guest, Mike S., about visions, this powerful play about recovery. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support.
If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Go into the locker room for one full hour with a championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, the topic today is visions, a powerful play about recovery. And my guests are Bob L., who is the author and producer of this play, Visions, and Mike S., who is a cast member in the play, Visions. And we're talking about what it's like to uh, do actually 12-step work with a group with a, and through the creative medium of drama. We'll get back in just a moment to talking with my guests, Bob and Mike, about this play, Visions. And before we begin that conversation, I invite you to join me in a brief meditation in our Serenity Minute, an opportunity to relax, to take a deep breath, to feel that presence of your higher power moving from the very crown of your head throughout your uh, body, relaxing and releasing and allowing your mind and your heart to open up. And share with me this constructive idea, and then we'll take a brief moment in the quiet. Share with me this idea. I open my heart and let my higher power's vision of hope give me energy to live well. I open my heart and let my higher power's vision of hope give me energy to live well. And now we take a moment in the quiet. Thank you. 
thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was a, an opportunity for you to take a moment apart, to breathe, to relax, and to open up to the your awareness to the presence of your higher power and that love that your higher power has for you. And so now we're back to our discussion about visions, a powerful play about recovery, and with my guests Bob L. and Mike S. So, Bob, before the break, you were telling us about how wonderful it is to be doing 12-step work, which um, uh, in the 12 steps is where uh, you carry the message of hope, the message of recovery, the message of inspiration uh, to those who um, are still suffering, to those who are ready to engage in the process of recovery, and uh, you were talking about how great it is to be doing 12-step work through the medium of the play and with a group of people, with the cast members. So tell us some more. What's that like to be able to do that? I, I guess the best way to describe it, it is a healing. It is a healing for the cast, and uh, I would guess it's healing for our audiences. What is clear is that Wherever we go, there are standing ovations. I, I, it's just in the, in the rehabs and treatment centers and even the prison, there are standing ovations. But the reality is that the cast of visions want to bow to those audiences because we realize that God is carrying them as he carried us in the beginning. He's carrying those wonderful souls, my brothers and sisters, and there's an opportunity to serve the God in them. And uh, it's just, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a inner, inner gratitude that it's hard uh, to speak of without, without even feeling some tears come through. And, and it's best described with a tremendous hug. I, I guess that would be a feeling of hugging oneself, not, 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 hugging of one of the audience members very tightly and feeling them tightly do it to you. That's the feeling, best I can describe it, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wonderful. Right. A real sense of connection, sounds like. Big, deep connection. Mike, you're a cast member. Um, how did you get involved with Visions? Well, in uh, um, 1992, uh, uh, God graced me with recovery, and I uh, started my journey. And I met Bob uh, two years later at 94. And, I, and I, um, I got to see the play Visions. And for me, uh, seeing the play Visions was like going to a movie, and the movie was about me. You know, it was like uh, watching this play where uh, three or four of the scenes was all about my life, you know, from everything from my own personal uh, abusing of substances and also my family life. You know, there's a couple of scenes about a family life, and you know, I, and I come from a very dysfunctional family. And, it was, and that was my family right there in front of me, you know. And, and the way I feel that, you know, anybody who watches this play as uh, one of us is going to see some aspect of their life right before them. You know, you, you you know, you just can't you see it up there and you say, Wow, if that's my life, uh I must have a problem. You know, there must be uh the identification, you know, just any denial that I was in, it just like, Wow, you know, there it is up on a stage, me. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I saw this play, and, um, you know, uh, they also audit- they, uh, they they were practicing in one of the um, churches that I attended meetings, and I would peek in and watch. And, and Bob, uh, you know, he'd, he'd draw me in and say, hey, Mike, you know, you want to help? Uh, we need people to help set up stage and, you know, do those things, carry in. Um, you know the lights in it, and and uh, you know I, I've always been a service person. You know, that's one of the first things I learned in recovery is to be of service, and and I uh, so I, I joined the cast. You know, just toting stuff around, and then uh, there came a time where somebody didn't show up for the part, and Bob just pulled me in. And he said, "Mike, you're going to be the uh, you're going to fire somebody tonight." <laughs> I said, "All right." I didn't have any <laughs> I didn't have any experience with uh, acting, but I sure you know. I think more experience being fired than firing somebody, so I thought it'd be a nice turnaround to yeah. get a chance to fire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and that was it. After that, it was like I got the acting bug, and, you know, and the thing is, um, being up on that stage and watching, like, when we would go into a um, a rehab or, or jail situation, there was a lot of hard, hard faces, you know, people joking around and, you know, really not paying, paying much, uh, much attention. But by the end of that show, the transformation in, you know, what they were like before and what it was like after was unbelievable. They'd be like they were hard as rocks, and at the end of the show, they'd all be in tears, and, and it was such a big breakdown in, you know, their attitudes, and and it, it was really unbelievable. And, and I... And I really felt that, you know, this was really reaching a lot of people and helping out a lot of people, you know, what we were doing. So it was a uh, blessing, you know, uh, when you take that third step in this program and uh, uh, you turn your will and your life over to the care of God, you, you know, he brings you to some places that you never believe that, you know, or some things will come about that, you know, you, you would always in the back of your, your mind, well, I, I would have liked to have been an actor, but I would have never had a chance. Well, you I got a chance not only to be a, a little bit of an actor, but to be in a show that, you know, actually is part of my program. Right. You know, and, uh, and, I, and I can never, uh, you know, thank my higher power enough for allowing me to, you know, to participate in, in such a, uh, a wonderful show. Have you stayed in the same character, the same part, or have you done different parts? Uh, or no, I've switched been? around a few times. I've switched to a couple of characters, but uh, today now I'm I'm the guy getting fired again. I'm I'm the salesman. I'm the drunk. <laughs> oh well, you know, uh-huh. um, it's a little bit longer part than the uh, than the um, the boss that fires. So, uh, but I I just love it. You know, I'll play any part that you know um, I'm qualified to play. But I, I you know I'm not a great actor or anything like that. So it's a short, maybe uh, eight minutes of the whole show. But you know, it's it's just a Wonderful thing to be in. What's it like, Mike and and Bob, to you as well? If you have a thought about this, to 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 work in the cast as a whole. I mean, you must feel like a team. I don't know. You must feel like a recovery group. I don't know. What's that like to be in this with other people in recovery in that cast that are volunteering? Well, you know, it's um, you're you're with a group of people most of the time. That you know, they're always switching, so you're meeting new people all the time. But it's like just being in a, being in a uh, meeting. You have a common purpose, you know, and it's uh, it's to um, to carry a message, you know, that there's you know we were <clears throat> there's lots of people just like you are going through the same situation, and how we ended up in meetings, and now we have better lives, mm-hmm. you know, and that's 
it's out there for you too. Right. So Do you have a process that. when you when you're uh, rehearsing or when new people come in or when you're going to do a pro a show or whatever i don't know do you like have a kind of a routine do you start with a prayer or i don't know how do you do it how do you create the show together well well, you know you 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 start with a a new people a new troop and we've we've formed i don't know 11 or 12 different troops now across the country and it begins they're a little bit shy, they're a little bit nervous, you know, to get on stage and open up. You need more volume, you need to more emotions. And then you see the begin like Mike talks about the transformation, you see it, they start to applaud each other. They pat on the back. And when it's over, they become a family. It is so wonderful. They become a family. So and they're all supportive. They will say, You were great and, and it's uh it's a family, and just like we had a family in Texas, and um, they will never forget it. I will never forget them, and um, uh, that's how it usually goes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, uh, and I know y'all are from the northeast part of the United States, and so a lot of your productions have been there, but you do also travel. As you said, you just did a production recently in Fort Worth. Uh Tell us about that. Do you? How do you get into places? Where do you, that you present? Where? Do, where all have you been? And do you take the cast with you, or do you have a local cast? How does that work? Well, I've been I've been blessed uh, to be able to do some outreach in the Northeast. You know, pretty much everybody uses their cars. But when it comes to traveling, uh, and we have no funding at all, there is no money coming into Visions. If we do get a donation at all, it's used to bring it to places that have nothing. But in the in the uh, case of Fort Worth, uh, a woman had read about it. She had a desire to bring it, and she brought me in. And I trained to, uh, to one, oh, actually, it was the largest troop we ever trained, 35, <laughs> 35 people in the show. There were uh, policemen. There were makeup there were people. Uh, it was a tremendous cast. And they brought me in. They put me up. And... Uh, I trained them for a week. I came back. They worked on their own for a few weeks. I came back for the last week, and that's how that went. I've been in Kansas uh, twice. I've been in West Virginia. I've been in Michigan. And one time I brought it to the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. Mike was with me uh, in an effort to try to secure more money for treatment. I don't normally take a political approach, but we... Were blessed. I went around Rotary clubs and, and all these clubs, and I got enough money to bring the cast down. I put the rest up, and we brought 22 people to the House of Representatives in the Rayburn office building and performed visions before congressional aides, people in the health field, uh, people in the uh, uh, faith-based organizations, and some and shelters came in as well, and we performed visions in an effort to try to secure more funding for treatment. It was wonderful. It was absolutely a, a thrill to do that. Uh, what impact we had? I don't know. I think they really seen addiction like it was. I, I think we shook them. That's for sure. Um, but that's that's how normally it goes. We will. I will take the troop as far as I can by car. But when we go longer distances, I'm brought in with maybe one member, and we do a training. 
And so you you bring so you do use the people there at the lo- at the local place where you're going to be producing it. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have won a lot of awards. You've gotten the New Jersey Governor's Volunteer Award in the Arts and Humanities. You won a Presidential Points of Light Award. You have uh, won. Uh, more awards than I can list here. You've won awards from, uh, the, I think, the New Jersey treatment providers and so on and so forth. What's that been like? Um, you must be amazed you, when you you started writing this on your breaks at work, and now you get all these awards for this for the play. And you know, we're not talking about personalities here, but but for the higher power, it's getting all these awards in a way. So, what's how does that feel? Well, at the Points of Light Award was something for us to get it from the President of the United States, George Bush. That was, that was something. That was everyone got a certificate that was in the cast. Uh, it was wonderful. And, and then early on, we received the New Jersey Governor's Volunteer Award in the Arts and Humanities. I'll never forget that. Ten of us were invited down to the Governor's Mansion. One of the guys said. He was wearing a new suit. He says, cut the tags off because I have to replace them and bring the suit back. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was really special. They fed us a luncheon. Uh, it, was, it was wonderful. And I remember when we were there, they started taking photos and, and started trying to get used last names. And I had to tell them about the anonymity issue. And they didn't know what it meant. But uh, that was really a, a, a stepping stone for us. Um, over the years, the play has gotten accreditation in the uh, addiction field, has received uh, certification from the uh, Addiction Professional Certification Board. Right, so that uh, means that professionals can see it and get continuing education credits for it toward keeping their credential up, right? Yep. yep and it has been deal. used in West Virginia um, University Medical Center uh, where we trained 20 graduates, uh, students who were psychologists, nurses, probation officers, nurses, show, social workers, to put on the play, and they received graduate credits in behavioral medicine and counseling. I never completed in college, <laughs> so, so I marvel at it all. I don't know uh-huh. what to say. I don't. I, I don't know what to say. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's I love it. It's like you as you're focused on the principles, you're focused on carrying the message. There it is. Higher power is just doing it, huh? Just use <laughs> utilizing you to to spread that message. That's incredible. That's really something. Mhm. So, Mike, what's that uh been for you? Were you have you been surprised at the the uh notice that the visions has gotten and have you been at some of these awards banquets and stuff? Well, I'm, su- I'm surprised it hasn't uh, gotten more than a, I mean, it has a lot of recognition, but it needs to go so much further that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's a lot of people that need to be able to see this show. Like I said, you know, if, if you, there's a, you know, if you have any of these situations in your life and you see it up there, it's just like it just smacks you in the face, say, wow, that's me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it just takes people out of the denial that that they're in. If they're in denial, this is just like an eye opener. Like, wow, you know, if I see it, you know, I have to own it. Right. And that's the way it was with me. You know, I had to own that these situations. Even though I had two years of recovery, I saw myself so blatant in, in about four four uh, four of the scenes that I said, "Wow, I wish I would have seen this when they saw it." You know, when I was in rehab. 
Great. Hold on to that thought. It's time for our second break here. We'll be right back and continue our conversation with Mike and with Bob about Visions, a powerful play about recovery. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse Armageddon the lake of fire. And then, the choir of angels singing as Jesus emerges from the clouds. Ah, the book of Revelation. Are we really destined to the gloom and doom presented in the final book of the Bible? Or is it possible that within Revelation lies a spiritual guide to the human experience? Listen to this special series as Rev. Ed Townlate, the author of Kingdom Come, and Rev. Ellen Debenport, author of The Five Principles, Contemplate the truth about the book of Revelation. These colleagues and longtime friends discuss the convoluted symbolism of Revelation because Rev. Ed insists in his new book about Revelation that it's actually filled with positive reinforcement and helpful guidance. The book of Revelation, an apocalyptic end-of-the-world prophecy or a personal, practical guide to spiritual growth. Listen in to find out. This series begins Tuesday, April 16th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Kingdom Come, a journey through the book of Revelation, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Visions, a powerful play about recovery. And my guests are Bob L. and Mike S. Bob is the author and the producer of Visions. And Mike S. is a cast member. This is a play about recovery uh, that has been running since about 1991. It has reached 30,000 people. It has won numerous awards. It's... uh, Produced on a shoestring budget with all volunteers, generally the cast are people who are in recovery themselves, and it has uh, it has a powerful emotional impact and really opens up people's eyes and opens up for them hope about recovery. So, Mike, before the break, you were telling us again about how important uh, Visions was for you, about how it just really opens up uh, 
it opened up your eyes and opens up people's eyes to uh, what's possible um, in recovery. So how can people uh, see this play if they want to see it? And uh, I know you've online, uh, you've got a website, www.visionsrecoveryplay.org. That's visionsrecoveryplay.org. So people can visit the website. Um, but tell us more. How can people access the play and uh, can they bring you in if they want to? Okay. Um, well, Bob would be better with that information. Uh, okay. Bob. Well, right now we're casting uh, in northern New Jersey here for another new troupe. We have just gotten the go-ahead, which is a tremendous opportunity to do the NA World Convention with multiple performances, end of August in Philadelphia Convention Center. Uh, 20,000 people coming in. We're hoping to reach quite a few thousand. And NA is Narcotics Anonymous, right? Narcotics yep. Anonymous. And, okay. and Narcotics Anonymous, yes. Uh, and that's where originally we got the go-ahead from uh, that 12-step fellowship uh, to do the show at their H&I convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also, uh, two three years ago, got blessed with a award-winning filmmaker and professor at NYU, Tish Film and Television in New York, and he's made a full-length docu-feature on Visions. And it has just been premiered uh, early November in New York City uh, for a seven-day recovery film fest with such great features as the Bill W. story and a whole bunch of others. And we're looking to take it further. Uh, That is still in the works. So that may be uh, a big avenue for us uh, to reach a lot more than we could ever do with theater. Um, so but anyway, people, go contact me through the website, and we could always try to form Visions troops in different areas. Great. And so really, it sounds like there's a couple of ways that uh, people can learn more about the play through the website, visionsrecoveryplay.org, that they could contact you if they wanted to. Um, and they could become cast members if they wanted to travel to New Jersey and Philadelphia. Could they be in your cast? For the NA convention? This is a group of uh, gypsies. <laughs> ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's really something. Yeah, that's incredible. So uh, tell us some more about what it's like when, when uh, after the play is over, when you've presented a play and you say you go out in the audience and you get those hugs. Uh what else do you share with your audience after the play? Do you, do you talk yeah, to them? How's that go, Mike? Yes, yes, absolutely. We, that's that's one of the biggest part of the uh, play that they <laughs> we go down there and we show them that you know we're, we're uh, you know we're in recovery too, and you know, all of us you know get the opportunity to share our experience. You know, I mean, I've been in the jails and I've been in the rehabs, so you know, I I, I say you know I, they want to know how I got where I am, and I say, well, it all started with the first step. I said, you know, and go into the rooms and uh, and you know recovery first, and amazing things happen. Amazing things happen, and and uh, there's a you know there's a great opportunity. Uh, arise, yeah. I I always tell them that you know every one of them is a success story waiting to happen. You know, all they have to do is get out of their own way and and choose it. You know, and I and uh, this all would never happen had I not you know ended up in my recovery and. And allowed my higher power to really 
you know, drive the bus. I'm just I'm a spectator. I'm in, I'm in the back of the bus and I'm watching. And you know, and my job is to be of service whenever he stops, wherever wherever he brings me. You know, I try to carry the message of recovery. And this is a great op. This is one of the best. You know, this is fun. And a lot of times it's uh, it's not as much excitement. You know, and and I do. I bring I bring the message to jails and and I and I share my story various you know times a couple times a month, but. This is really out there, and you really uh, big impact on people who would not normally, you know, be able to see this kind of a uh, show, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could tell you my story, but when you see, uh, you know, you see these twenty short skits up on a uh, stage, and it's like a real life drama. It's amazing. It's a it's a whole different uh, visual effect. Well, when we go out into the audiences after the show. We ask them to join us. An opportunity for our brothers and sisters who've been to carry a message uh, to their to their brothers and sisters as well. Uh, and it is, and we do, and they're joining us. They're joining us, and it's a healing for all. Um, that is the greatness of visions. Right. You know. Uh- you say that in the in visions, and and I have watched you, you, I, online. I you can see some of the vignettes, some of the scenes from it. As you say, there's always a turnaround. There's always the picture of despair and the desperation of the act of addiction, um, and then there's a turnaround where the person uh, does have that moment of of inspiration from their higher power. How how does that work? How do you set that up? What is it that triggers it, it, that change? I'm so glad you answered that. It, how do you depict the awakening? How do you depict that? That is a great question on stage. Well, I think that for me and for the and for most, it is something that is done in silence. When you are completely exhausted, when you give up completely and you bow your head, and in the silence where you let go of the ego, there is this awakening. And it is done with tremendous amount of lighting and music. There is a musical score to visions. And it is people who look up into this light and silence with their arms stretched and they have their awakening. That's how I did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a silence thing. God works through this great silence, works through when people share, when people take a sip of coffee in a meeting, when, when they sit in a chair that somebody put down, when they reach and pat somebody on the back in silence or squeeze their hand. God works through them. And, and that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. And one of the great experiences is the uh, meeting at the end of the show. You know, there's something very, very special where, you know, all the character, uh, cast... Uh, the characters, you know, they end up in their their meeting. They're setting it up. They're, they're hugging each other, and you know, and we have a little celebration. One of the guys gets ninety. In fact, my character uh, gets celebrates ninety days, and and we have a little, you know, like a little mini uh, meeting, you know, right before for the mall. You know, great ending to the show. Just you know, you have to see it. <clears throat> yeah, I want to. I'm gonna have to. See how I can how I can do that. I'd love to see it. It sounds just fantastic. You know, it, the other thing I'm hearing when, as you're both talking, uh, Bob and Mike, is that how much uh, 
what you're doing is about community. I have a, a wonderful friend in recovery who says that she believes that God is the uh, that community is the is the plug in for God, and that uh, you know so much that we need one another in, in to, to to get that full plug into our higher power. So, how do you see that the the business about community? I mean, you're you're really creating a a wonderful, even expanded community that that adds to that twelve step fellowship when you do this. I, I think that if if you do anything with the spirit of love and selflessness, uh, and you do that, and do your all, and do your very best, and rely on, it's not me, but I'll let, and hopefully, God will use us. There is that opportunity that God will do that. We'll work through you in that, in that type of uh, medium uh, with the spirit of love and, uh, and just doing your best. There is that, that opportunity. It's not ego. It's not I'm going to do this or you're going to do that or you're going to see this. You go out there, you do your best, and you do it because you really want to do it. You really want to reach these people, and you do it with love. And those are the me- that's ripe for an intervention. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like when you when you come from that place of love, as you said, you create that uh, space for people to open up. And I know, Mike, you said earlier about how amazing it is if you go into a rehab center or uh, something and you come in there and people's faces are so hard. But then as the play unfolds, that softening happens as they really start. Yeah, they, they, expect, that, they expect that we're going to try to sell them something. Hmm. You know, they, 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 you know, we're there to make them, you know, and, and when they get the opposite where, you know, they find out we're, we're there volunteers, we, you know, this is nonprofit, and we're just sharing a, a little bit of a window of our lives and how we, we hit bottoms, you know. Um, they see that, you know, we're not, we're not there to sell them anything. We're just we're there to share our experience. And I believe that's how God works, you know. Um, if this was a money thing, we were actors and making some kind of, uh, you know, something out of ourselves, we, you know, just like meetings, you know, where you go in there, somebody goes to speak, and they don't, they're not getting paid to go do that, you know, and it just opens up the uh, atmosphere for people who don't trust, you know, and um, and that's how God works. He, he just, he works to, um, you know, you know when God works, when it, it's, nobody's making money and it's still a success, <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes on a life of its own. Right. So, yeah. And anything had, that brings us back to higher power is a good thing. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's and uh, it's it's like you said. It's it really is a a testament and an expression to that deeper reality that is God. You know, life isn't really all about money and fame and all that business. That's those are the things that sometimes really trip us up. But it's it really is about living in that life of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to thank you both. We're here at the end of our time for Spirit of Recovery. But I want to thank you, Bob L. and Mike S., for uh, being with us here today. And thank you so much for this uh, powerful uh, gift that you're giving, that you're letting your higher power work through you, this play called Visions. And thank you for being willing and for touching so many lives and for speaking so much uh, from your heart and from the truth and recovery that you know. And lots of blessings to you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you also. Thank you, Anna.
Thank you, and thanks to our listeners. God bless, and have a wonderful week, and we'll be back with you here next week on The Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music. It's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you sing. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, They bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Live from Sacramento, California, it's Design Your Life with Kevin Ross and Friends. Get ready to raise the roof in your life and break through to a life without limits with the coach's coach, Kevin Ross. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. 
Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.